Hello, it's Friday, the 1st of March. I'm Miranda Sawyer and I'd never send a sexy text to anyone in Formula One because everyone in Formula One is horrible. Welcome back to Paper Cuts, the modern newspaper review, where we give three cheers to the best parts of the UK press and a hard Paddington stare to the bad bits. And to the middly bits, we give a nice cuddle because we love them really. And it's a brand new month today. Spring is nearly sprung and we're all feeling jollier, aren't we? <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> but the big bosses are not letting us off our supporters' recruitment drive, so here I am again, shaking a virtual bucket at you before you enter the fun times. If you feel like tossing a few quid our way, then be reassured that we spend your money only on actual papers, on actual salaries and on an actual cheese board for umami boy Marcus Briggs. Mm, thank you. <laughs> anyway, if you too feel like supporting us in exchange for ad-free episodes, a special extra funny bit, maybe even a paper cuts mug or a t-shirt, then why not race to the show notes and click on back.papercutshow.com to see how you too can become a paper cuts supporter. Now, here are the headlines for today's show. Return of the hat. George Galloway wins the Rochdale by-election for the British Workers' Party. Rules of attracting. Paul Mescal is making a lot of ladies very happy. And fish slapping and a trivia quiz. Weird wedding rituals from across the world. Welcome to Paper Cuts. We read the papers so you don't have to. Thanks for joining us on Papercuts, where we thought normal people was boring until we heard about the real-life action replay. I'm Miranda Sawyer, and joining me today is sketch writer for The Critic and host of war film podcast, A Pod Too Far. It's Robert Hutton. Hello, Rob. Hello. And also with us is comedian and host of a podcast so new that we know nothing about it other than its name, which is How Was It For You? Hello, Marcus Brickstock. It was good, thanks. Yeah, <laughs> podcast coming imminently. Yeah, we're excited. Yeah, me too. So what have we got on the front pages today? Rob, what do you have? Oh gosh, it's just it's just joy. Mm. Um, the Daily Telegraph: Russia flooding west with immigrants. Putin tries to destabilize Europe by using militias in Africa to control flow of people. Mm. Great. Um, the more I hear about that guy. <laughs> um, the Eye paper: Two P cut, tax cut in doubt after gloomier forecast. The Eye is so Sorry, boring. Wake, wake me up. The Times: Nothing to stop another police killer like Cousins. Mm-hmm. Um, and then down the side, something about what happened yesterday, which is the Home Office, knowing that they had this horrible story about Wayne Cousins, the murdering policeman, also pushed out a whole load of reports about how terrible things are at the borders to sort of to try and overwhelm the newspaper's Home Affairs correspondents so that they couldn't write about how grim everything is at the Home Office. Just everything's pretty grim at the Home Office. Yeah. Um, the Guardian says uh, more than 100 Palestinians die in chaos surrounding Gaza aid convoy. Yeah, it's not great. OK, Marcus, have you got anything to cheer us up with? Yeah, well, the front page of The Sun, Jerry's hubby did send six... Spelled S X T S. It's sixty six. Oh right, sixty six. Right. Do you think I was speaking parcel tongue? They put the word "did" in a different colour, so I think he's denied that he sent them. But now. Uh, the Daily Mirror, how many more are still hiding in plain sight? That also refers to the awful Wayne Cousins uh, report. Uh, the Daily Mail, Britain's broken borders. Um, this will keep 
Daily Mail readers terrified, which is the aim, I think. Watchdog reports expose shocking migration system failings with airport passport checkpoints left unmanned. Now, this has come up before, and I have to say, anytime I pass through an airport, there is someone there to check, and I end up having to queue for ages. So if anyone knows where you can just drift through um, a passport <laughs> checkpoint without being checked, I would love to know, because since Brexit, moving about has been very difficult. Uh, the Daily Star, proud to love animals, has gone with the the tragic loss of Dave Myers of the Hairy Bikers and uh, Cy King, his, his companion and dear friend, says, my best friend is on a journey that for now I can't follow, which genuinely made me well up despite <laughs> having only seen a little bit of the Hairy Bikers. Uh, just on the Hairy Bikers, uh, they're, they're yet another example of completely non-toxic masculinity. Mm. Uh, they're important for lots and lots of reasons, but like two men having a really beautiful male friendship based around the things that they love, travelling and making food. And they're a really great example uh, to, uh, well, to me. <laughs> it's also tip of the cap to uh, obituary writers. Um, obituaries are often the best written things in the papers. And, uh, I, yeah, I likewise never watched the Harry Bikers and now having read four different obituaries for Dave Myers, I'm quite sad that I never watched the yeah, they're because really lovely, the they? obituaries convey that there was this sort of this lovely friendship of just yeah two two blokes who got on. Now, not on any of the front pages today, but all over the online editions is the result of the Rochdale by-election. Labour's Tony Lloyd was the MP there for seven years with a whopping. 14,819 majority, but he died in January, hence the by-election. And we at Paper Cuts are somewhat astounded to give you the news of the winner, Rob. Who has grabbed that Rochdale crown? George Galloway Mm. of the Workers' Party of Britain, formerly of Respect, formerly of other parties and formerly a long time ago of the Labour Party, uh, won a majority of 5,697 Almost more interesting than that is that in second place was none of the parties. Uh, an independent called Dave, David Tully, who ran at the last minute just because he sort of thought that the poor people of Rochdale ought to have someone half decent to vote for, got 6,600 votes and then everyone else sort of trails in behind. It's been a thoroughly miserable by-election. Yeah. Um, the thing you need to know about uh, George Galloway, uh, newspaper readers and news consumers, is that he's incredibly litigious. Yeah. Um, oh, well, there goes my plan for this morning. <laughs> <laughs> so we yeah. just have to say that he's, he loves a quote, he wears a hat. Should we yes. just say that? Why, a, well, why don't you flap when I say something that will get us <laughs> sued? He's, I mean, he's an opportunist. I think you could say we that. We could yeah, definitely yeah, say, yeah, that, yeah. say yeah. that, yeah. He's a massive egotist. Yeah, I, yep, I think you probably He's a right. twat. Is that okay? Is, um, there is an incredibly carefully written profile of uh, of Galloway in the Times by its investigations editor. Uh, so it, it takes you through everything that you can uh, you can safely repeat. Um, okay. Are you encouraging listeners to turn to the Times for their their coverage of George Galloway? Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, the only thing I would that I mean I feel like we should move on from George because to be honest, he's going to be all over the papers and all mm. over the news all the time because he just is. Somebody that knows how to give a quote and how to grab attention, isn't mm. he? Yes. Yeah, he's just fantastically good at it. Mm. 
Now, we're turning away from the regular papers for a moment and flipping to online publication The Fence, which has the quite amazing tagline, the UK's only magazine. I love that. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that great? Anyway, aside from that excellent aspect, it has a very interesting article in it about normal people and all of us strangers actually hunk Paul Mescal, Marcus. Yeah, this mm. is a great story. It's written by uh, Lottie Brundle, who's been and done some research. Now, this story, sort of rumours about Paul Mescal uh, doing what I'm about to explain have been around for a while. And, and the rumour is he knows that people know. But let's not let that take anything away from this, which is a gem. And yeah, uh, sexually attractive Paul Mescal. And I'm, mm. I, I can confirm that. I've looked him up this morning. I've had a bit of a look around and he definitely is attractive. Was in a production of Street, Streetcar Named Desire. And he became quite fond during that time of a pub called The Old Queen's Head in Islington. That's the pub... The Old Queen's Head in Islington, ladies. (laughs) (laughs) So that's the Old Queen's Head in Islington, ladies. You can look that up. Basically, it seems Paul Mescal has been going to the Old Queen's Head. In Islington. Yeah, in Islington. (laughs) The Old Queen's Head. And uh, let's say, seeing what will happen. So, uh, So Lottie Brundle turned up. And what she did find is the Old Queen's Head in Islington was fairly busy. Uh, with, with attractive young ladies. There's a queue outside the door. Yeah, absolutely. It's genuinely a queue of, of people going, is he in yet? <laughs> to see to see who could uh, have it off with Paul Mescal. And it's sort of what Paul Mescal, it seems, has been doing is, um, pe- let's say, pairing off with people. Mm. And then he goes for a walk with them in the park. And This just, is the next morning. The next morning, right. we think, mm. yeah. Uh, then distracts them and runs away. <laughs> right? I'm not even kidding. Right? I've been laughing about this all. It says how, 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 how? Well, I'm going to read the paragraph, right? But the Mescal sex law is far more specific than simply the actor's vaunted status as a top shagger. Multiple sources have also claimed that after his amorous liaisons, Mescal's in the habit of taking women on a walk in the park and suddenly distracting them so that he can run away without any consequences. That bloke's grabbed your phone! I'd like to think it's even more benign than that, that he's like, goodness, crocuses have come up early this year. Look at those. And then... I, in my head, I've got cartoon leg running noise. <laughs> Feels like a fast show character. Oh, it's so Just, great. Uh, yeah. It's so great. I mean, nobody has quite confirmed this, I have to say. There's definitely a lot of a mate of a mate. You know, yeah. dog's, think... dog's previous owner's tennis partner definitely had it off with I, him. I mean, I think The Fence is, is one of the best magazines in Britain right now. It's new, and if people haven't read it, it's, it's full of stuff like this. Great. It's just great, uh, worth looking up. Yep. Uh, you know, the New York Times might require that you found somebody who had actually shagged Paul Mescal <laughs> rather than someone who'd met somebody who'd shagged mm. Paul Mescal. Yep. I, you know, but but not knocking the fence. I'd love to write for them. They're just fantastic. It just <laughs> looks great. Yeah, completely great. I'd particularly like to do this kind of investigative <laughs> journalism. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Now, as all regular listeners know, here at Papercuts, we get giddy goat and silly billy when it comes to newspaper headlines. We love them and we are sad when an opportunity for an excellent one is missed, which is why we've created the world's greatest headline competition, Fix the Headline. Every Friday, we find you a brilliant story with a disappointing header and we ask you lovely listeners to sort it out. 
And today, we found a story from The Star about how Northerners are meant to be raunchier in the sack. I'm the only Northerner here. (laughs) 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 Which has the very dull headline, North's saucier in bed. We know you can do better than that. So why not send in your ideas for a better headline with the hashtag FixTheHeadline2 at Show on X or Threads and we'll pick the best one on Monday. There's a fantastic Papercuts t-shirt at stake, so get your thinking caps on. So anyway, today's papers, headlines. What have you got, Marcus? Well, I've got a story from The Star. So uh, Web will end kids' TV. Children's TV is at risk of dying out as youngsters Mm. watch streaming services and social media instead, say experts. And the headline is, they tinky-winky that it's all over. It's a stretch, that one, to be honest. But just the word tinky and winky is funny. (laughs) (laughs) True. Page 21. Uh, There's a warning here. Don't fall for Hull's rip-offs. Common travel mistakes lead to eight in ten Brits overpaying up to £500 for foreign holidays. And they've gone with life's a beach. Life's a beach. That's so funny. I thought you said holes. I can say holly bobs if that would make either of you feel more comfortable. (laughs) (laughs) Miranda's just been sick in her own mouth. (laughs) Okay, Rob, what have you got? Continuing on in the star, we've got uh, the story of humpback whales photographed having sex for the first time. And they're both male. Mm. um, And the headline is... Rumpy Humpy. Yay! Wait, sorry, I had not realised that this was gay whale sex. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, fantastic. Isn't it great? Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. yeah when right. it, basically, whenever there are gay animals, I always sort of think, oh, that's tremendous, because it's one of the arguments that homophobes like to go to. It doesn't happen in nature. And they go, what about these two penguins, mate? Well, apart from them. <laughs> <laughs> um, and over in the sun, so the controversial Channel 4 TV documentary about um, people having sex for the first time, Mm. now retitled as Intimacy Retreat. They're struggling to find volunteers. I mean... Really? Well, yeah, on the one hand, why would anyone do this? On the other hand, Channel 4 can get anyone to do anything. Mm. So um, they're struggling to find volunteers, and so they have widened the application process so that you no longer need to be having sex for the first time in their documentary about having sex for the first time. And the sun's headline is Virgin on Bonkers. That is so. Do you not have to be a virgin? You have to identify as a virgin. Oh, oh I see. I had. I didn't oh. realise that was a thing. Yeah. Can that? Can that, that is be, a thing. Can it's that a, be married a, a people? <laughs> can that be married people who who haven't had sex for quite a while? At what point do you get it back? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they could have one, uh, you're a virgin if you haven't had sex with a northerner, you know, yeah, that's because that's elaborate sex. Yeah. And yeah. Well, I, just to speak up for those of us in the South, we may not be exotic, but my God, we're efficient. <laughs> <laughs> no time wasted at all. <laughs> Now, in the Daily Star, you will be happy to know there is an information-packed piece entitled You May All Kiss the Bride. And no, this isn't yet another feature about polyamory. The star is above all that. Mm -hmm. Marcus, what is this piece about? Well, um, Gen Z are doing weddings their own style. Mm. Traditions such as dads walking the brides down the aisle to give them a way of died off and uh, women changing their name automatically to their husband. Lots of those things have gone away. So the star have done an in-depth, deeply star-style investigation into 
uh, interesting wedding traditions from around the world. There's some cracking ones here. Swede smooching. Do you know about this? Uh, There's no room for jealousy at a wedding in Sweden. Basically, if the bride leaves the room, anyone is allowed to kiss the groom while she's out of the room. I mean, that is classic Sweden. Uh, Yeah, and if the groom leaves the room, uh, anyone's allowed to kiss the bride as well. So... Uh, hold, you know. your, hold your parties in the old queen's head in his <laughs> your after wedding dues and exactly. everything is great yeah 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 um, Kenya believe it this is amazing this is Kenya's Maasai culture it's the done thing for the father to spit on his daughter's head and chest mm-hmm. and it's a sort of um, wishing them luck and a sign of prosperity uh, but probably my favourite out of all the stories is the slap and tickle tradition from South Korea where the groom's shoes and socks are taken off and his ankles are bound together. So far, so fun. And then it takes a turn, to be honest. Uh, His feet are then whacked with dried fish and a stick. And you think, well, I don't know whether that's any good. And I I was like, I don't really like that sort of thing. That seems a bit weird. But it's not just that he's being hit with fish and a stick. This is while answering trivia questions and riddles. I mean, that sounds great. <laughs> and now, now I'm 100% back on board. Uh, I, I love that. I love if the questions were set by the bride. Do you oh, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, fantastic. It would, be, it would just be brilliant. Yeah. Fashion yeah. questions. The fish beating will not stop until you can answer questions about my favourite holiday destinations. <laughs> Which uh, pub would you find Paul Meskel? <laughs> Some of them are a little bit more sedate. I mean, I quite like that in Germany, newly married people cut a piece of wood together uh, to help them to, you know, work towards teamwork. It's really practical in Germany. Like, (laughs) so if you can cut this wood together, then, you know, good luck with everything. It's it's a sort of German wedding as like a crappy team bonding away day. (laughs) (laughs) I do like all of it because I have to say that weddings generally can be a bit boring. They can be a bit boring. Well, unless the couple are hopelessly mismatched, then they're thrilling. Yeah, then they're really brilliant. You can sit at the back and bitch all the way through. But generally, I'm up for a few more elements to a wedding, I have to say, other than, you know, the bit where you used to do the vows. And then there's the speeches, which are quite often awful, and eating, that's it. Oh, and the awful first dance. Uh, 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 yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, 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 dreadful. Not enough brides enter by flume, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be awesome, wouldn't it? If there was a slip and slide up the middle and she just legs it, dives, and there she is. Exactly. That's that's the kind of thing we want. I think we want more ridiculous rituals. Yeah. And I'm saying the quiz and the fish slapping could be adopted. Uh, I don't know about this one. If you're a Chinese bride, the grooms are encouraged to shoot three arrows at their bride and then break them in half to symbolise everlasting love. I mean, assuming she's (laughs) survived. Assuming she survives. So they have to be a bad shot? I don't know. I mean, it does say at their bride, not near. I'm going to assume that these are soft arrows. arrows. Even with the amount of real information that comes out of China and we can rely on. I do feel like if brides were regularly being shot through with arrows, someone would know about it. Yeah. Um, And any others? Yeah, Spanish grooms have their tie cut in half. It doesn't say why. Mm, (laughs) I I assume it's a sort of reminder. This is a once only. Yeah, we're cutting your tie in half. So don't do this again. Yeah, it's quite Freudian, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, in Indonesia, there's the thing where people get put in a house for three days and they're not allowed to have a wee. But 
<laughs> what? I don't want to get... Oh, you do want to know about that. Okay, fine. All right. Well, in, in certain parts of Indonesia, in the Taidong community, mm. they put into a house uh, with flour, rice and ash. And then they're not allowed to use the bathroom for three days. And apparently not going to the bathroom for three days helps to create the foundations for a strong marriage. Bladder I mean, infections. Well, a bladder infection or an absolutely bulletproof um, pelvic floor. Right. I would, <laughs> I would think. You would suggest. Well, this yeah, all yeah, sounds yeah. like a yeah. Channel 4 series, really, doesn't it? It really does. <laughs> Pay attention, Channel 4. <laughs> Who needs virgins? <laughs> And that's the end of today's paper cuts. Thanks to Rob. Thank you. And thanks to Marcus. Thank you very much. And of course, thanks to you, gorgeous listeners, especially our paper cut supporters who get a shout out on the show. Rob, who do you have? Hello, and thank you very kindly to Tony Main and Tim P. And hello, and huge thanks to you, uh, Paul Nakalas and Catherine Arblaster. And I'm going to say hiya and thank you muchly to Gemma Antel and Philippa Tandy, who I actually know. Hello, Philippa. (laughs) (laughs) I've been Miranda Sawyer and you've been listening to Paper Cuts on a day when it was reported that a laundrette owner found £500 that had spilled out of a customer's trousers in the washing machine. How about that for pocket money? See you on Monday. Paper Cuts was written and presented by Miranda Sawyer with Rob Hutton and Marcus Brigstock. The producer is Jacob Jarvis with audio production from Robin Lieburn, socials by Kieran Leslie, music by Simon Williams, design by Jim Parrott and original art by Modern Toss. Group editor is Andrew Harrison, managing editor is Jacob Jarvis, executive producer Martin Boytosh and Paper Cuts is a Podmasters production. 